Mm-hmm. Let's intro and then we'll talk about stuff. This Diet Coke is really good. This Diet Coke is made of wood. <laughs> this Diet Coke would like to be food for me. Food. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't food and woo wood or wood rhyme? Um, They're here's another one. Yeah. Pain. Yeah. Again. <laughs> what about berry? Like I want to bury some berries. Shouldn't it be Burry? Burry? <laughs> <laughs> I always tell people my address is Bradbury Point. Bradbury, so that they spell it right. All right, you ready? Is it Bradbury? What's a Bradbury? Is it a type of berry I've never Ethan had? Bradbury. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, with Ethan Bradbury. All right, you ready? Yes. Cool. I'm Zach, and I'm Colin, and, and welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants Podcast. We are here to talk about music, media. And the mission of Jesus. (laughs) We are silly today. We're being a little goofy. But it's funny because when we're serious, we talk about goofy things. And when we're goofy, we talk about serious things. This is one of the latter. Yes. Tends to be how that works. Okay. So, um, yeah, we're, I guess, doing another series. We're just keep doing those series. Even though I rip on people for doing series, we just keep (laughs) doing them now. So the fact that we do series is really just kind of for us. I don't think it's more of a categorization thing of where you yeah. can keep our, our topics. All it in helps keep our thoughts going in a similar direction instead of all over the place. So all that right. actually is helpful. So we're going to worship, right, Zach? And I'm going to yeah, hop off that mic and hop onto a different sort of mic on the cajon. Yes. You're going to sit on a giant square mic that is made of wood and has no electricity. Hold on, let me get up and walk over to the cajon now. Do you Ready? Want some travel music? No, I'm gonna do it. Hold on, just wait. I'm gonna walk over there now. Ready? Oh. There, I sat down. No, I'm, I'm really, I'm going over there. All right, let's do that song. Hey, this song is called right over here away from the microphones now. This song is called Relentlessly. Savior, my soul cries out to you. Savior, my soul cries out to you. Open up the gates and let that grace pour. 
Well done. Just how I like my steak. Not. I'm a medium guy through and through. With a little bit of pink in the middle. Just a little bit. That was a beautiful song. We used to play that one all the time. I fell right back into the familiar groove of doing that on the on the cajon. Yeah. I always enjoyed doing it on the cajon. It's one of those cajon songs that just kind of has enough dynamics to make it lots of fun. Yeah. And, um. It's good with a full kit as well. Oh, I'm no, I'm sorry. I wish, but, wish we had the full kit. Um, yes, we've we've played with many good drummers over the years, and different so. people have done different things with that song, which is kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Greg and what is it? Greg, Daniel Bennett, and Matt Isaacs. Don't forget Rashawn. Rashawn as well. Yeah. That's true. Zach, didn't you, Zach Jake, at First Methodist? Didn't you, Jake and Rashawn, do that at a random like? The thing sometimes we did. We traveled to like, yeah. Oh no, that was just in like the downtown <laughs> Richmond parking lot. <laughs> I forgot about that. I remember you told me like, I need a band and nobody was available. And you're like, Jake and Jake's like, uh, yeah, I can play bass. And then Rashawn's like, oh, if he's going to play bass then I'll just play drums. <laughs> yeah. We're blessed with so talented good. people in our life that can play music. Yeah. Had a lot of different, that's been cool we've not had like the same configuration of musicians the entire time we've been playing we've rotated a lot of different people so yeah. we've met just tons of folks and they've kind of been on the journey with us for a little while and oh yeah yeah it's what's been awesome. what's that song about mr i wrote this song and it's really good um it's about god who can save us and god alone having the power to save us boom not something that we can do in and of ourselves because the torrents and rainfall of life um, yeah. can inevitably sweep us away unless we're held by the spirit of God. And so, boom. Yeah. That's a, that's a awesome topic to sing about and an awesome springboard into what we're going to be talking about. Heck yeah. So I'll give everybody who's listening. If you decided that you don't want to listen to anything else from the house plans podcast, except for this one, you're like, no, I'm not going back yeah. from here on. Just know that last week we talked about different people who recently decided to step away from the church. We gave two examples. Um, uh, one was, give me their name, Zach. Okay, so these are the people that are kind of buzzworthy Simpson, right now. But or or step. Uh, who's the guy from Hillsong? Now I'm not remembering. Samson, Marty Samson, Marty Samson. Yeah. And then uh, Joshua Harris, the author. There you go. Yeah. Okay. I, I said Simpson, but it's Samson. Um, and we talked about the Simpsons <laughs> continued to go to no, church. Actually, we're, we're, not, oh yeah. <laughs> we're not going to, uh, we're not going to talk about, uh, the, we're not going to compare It'd be that, crazy. But. If Flanders walked away from the faith, Ooh. actually he probably does at some point. Ooh. I don't really remember. Yeah. I don't know. That's that show is what is the, the longest running show in history or something. Yeah, so, so crazy. I'll say this, I will say, um, yeah, one of the big things that we ended on last last time was talking about like kind of why that happens. Like why yeah. wh why do people why do people step away and and what can we be doing as Christians to help to help kind of like usher them back or or, or help to kind of like uh both deal with that and then process that and and be like a witness to them in the future. And mm -hmm. so today we're going to be doing 
the maybe second part of that, which is or the opposite, if you will, <laughs> in yeah. some regards, yeah. which is something we always do is we're like this or that. So <laughs> we're going to talk this week and we're going to entitle this episode stepping in because last time we talked about stepping, stepping out. away. Yeah. And so what do you what do you think, Zach? Uh, uh, stepping in. What's the what's the uh, uh, condensed like idea of, of yeah. someone stepping? Well, in? Well, I think it's really cool because we kind of looked at a negative situation last week and it was a little bit disheartening. Sure. And we thought. You know, people always look at the negative. So why not look at the positive a little bit? This is the answer to the question. There's actually a lot of really good examples of people coming to faith from the outside. So we thought we'd just share some of our favorite stories and some people that we've known. Mm -hmm. Um, These will be more like influential people that you've probably heard of rather than like our friends. But of course, we also have a lot of examples of that, too. It's funny because I'm kind of a outside i kind of like stepped away from the church and then came back but my but my whole thing is that's for another time but i relate a lot to to these stories as i was looking them up and kind of researching about them a little bit yeah and me as well i had a point in time in my life where i didn't really care too much about church or christianity um when you were in an awesome rock band in uh (laughs) hebron kentucky i don't know what i would call it but (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, so um, I guess we'll just jump right in unless yeah. you uh, – let's see. I can't remember who prayed last time. Uh, the last episode we did I think was uh, Bob praying maybe. It might have been. So I guess I'll pray. Okay, it's, I'll get – I got the next one. Okay. God, thank you so much for bringing us together tonight. Thank you for the opportunity again to talk about you and, and, and just kind of get into some of these – deeper things that a lot of Christians think about. And uh, God, we just pray for your wisdom uh, to be poured out through your word. And um, we just thank you for the opportunity to use our gifts for your glory. And so we pray tonight that you would do just that. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Uh, all right, cool. So who we got up first? Okay. So we this came up. your thing. Yeah, so we came guy. up with four people. And it's funny because as we were kind of researching and looking around for people, we realize that there are just a bunch of different ways There's that people so can come to Christ. Um, so, so many different all ways. these people kind of their journey looks a little bit different. And so we are going to kind of talk about some of the ways that uh, people can come to God and ways that God reaches us where we are. And yeah. so the first one is being a really good example of kind of the investigative type of person. Um, we're talking about Lee Strobel. So, okay, who's Lee Strobel, Zach? Yeah, so if you're listening to this, uh, you may have heard of a book called The Case for Christ, ethics kind of thing. Um, Lee Strobel was an investigative journalist, and he was actually an atheist, and he wanted to disprove the Gospels. It's funny um, how that happens. Yeah, so he was <laughs> he was looking into the ancient text, and he thought, a lot of this evidence or, um, you know, maybe in his opinion, lack of evidence, but a lot of the evidence either for or against is still around, still there. Right. We have, um, you know, ancient copies of the manuscripts and things of that nature. So he looked into, um, I imagine he, he studied some of the Greek texts and he went to, um, Israel and went around and just kind of like looked into the stories of Jesus life that he thought were very inconsistent. And he thought, he could disprove he ended up seeing more evidence that led him to believe that the accounts were true the more yeah. he looked into it it's funny how that works too um there was another documentary uh, of a woman who uh was a, a feminist and she went to do research on like a men centric uh like what is it the opposite of that like the men, men's rights kind of movement to like, Oh, are you talking about the red pill? I'm not sure if I, I I don't know what that is, but she ended up kind of (laughs) like realizing that they had some stuff. They had some points. And so, and so it's funny how in, in a, in a pursuit to totally like, like bash and disprove something, you end up like realizing where people are coming from. That's one of the beautiful picture. Well, that's one of the best ways to kind of decide what you think about something, right? Yeah. You go in. I mean, everybody has to do this in like high school or something, right? Mm -hmm. You're given like a topic and you need to do like an argumentative presentation, right? 
Um, I wonder how many times people have like changed their mind on something. I know I have before. Yeah. Like after researching or looking into something, uh-huh. I thought, huh, maybe there's, maybe there's something here that I haven't considered that I need to. I actually did a paper one time. Uh, like, like you said, uh, they, the teacher will give you a topic and you're like, I don't, I don't really care yeah. about this yeah. topic, but you have to do the research. Yeah. And I think the one that I got was private teaching versus like classroom teaching. Uh-huh. Like what, what, like what is the reason for or against either one? And like, who would say one is better? Yeah. And I ended up finding out that there was this like guy, this guy from like the twenties or something, a famous guy who made like a hardcore, like push for like more personalized teaching because yeah. of like the betterment of everyone. Yeah. And today I still remember it because it made me think of like the way that we do like outreach or discipleship and stuff. Oh, okay. And so the, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that at a different time, but essentially um, I like the idea that I started being like, I could care less about the teaching yeah. uh, system or whatever. But then uh, I remember thinking like, no, this was good. I'm glad that I learned. You came that. away kind of appreciating it. Okay. So Lee one Strobel. Of the thi- well, one of the things that Lee Strobel said um, about the gospels is there's, there's four different gospel accounts in scripture, right? Okay. Yeah. And there are minor differences between them, right? They're all inconsistencies. It's all, untrue. they're all inconsistencies. It's inaccurate, except um, when you do your investigating and you're talking to eyewitnesses of something that happened like right. in court or whatever. Yes. If you have four different eyewitnesses and their story is all exactly the same, you know that there's something fishy about that, right? Right. Because it almost seems it's the coached story. Yeah. Honest memory is actually a little like everybody sees things differently. Right. Right. So if you've got four different perspectives, it's okay if they differ on some of the minor details, um, that actually speaks to the trueness of the testimony, right? Absolutely. And then um, it was a few episodes ago I, I was doing research on this like idea of like truth uh, versus yeah. I can't remember. Uh, we it was it was an article I read and I think I shared it in the podcast notes. But this guy said the difference between fact and truth is yeah. that in a courtroom, uh, the defense and the prosecution, they give facts yeah, they get facts, but w- what is then supposed to be done with those facts is for them to be put together to form truth. Right. Yeah. And so it's not about the Bible's not necessarily about the ticky tacky details. It's right. about it's about testimony. Right. right. The Bible, especially the Gospels, it's a testimony. Mm-hmm. And so if you're if you're looking to see if a testimony is true in court. Uh, you're going to have multiple sources and they're going to see it from different perspectives. Right. And they go, so, okay, even though all of these were a little bit different, it seems like the, the outlying thing is this guy went around and yeah. did all these things and called himself uh God. And you know, it just, all of that lines up very, very truly Died on a cross and actually was resurrected and witnessed by people. He goes into that in his book too. Yeah. He's like, actually the case for the resurrection and the people that actually, saw him right after he rose from the grave is actually kind of trustworthy. Like I also like that. I, that thing where we looked up, uh, Jesus in the desert for the 40 days and 40 nights being tempted by Satan. It's like one book has like a whole account. Another book has a whole account. And then Mm -hmm. one has like a very, very little part. And then another one doesn't have anything. Yeah. And what's interesting is that if you think about four guys, all four of those guys aren't going to be like super tuned into that moment the same way. Maybe somebody was doing something else. Maybe somebody wasn't there or wasn't told about it. Yeah. So like John tells a bunch of other stories that aren't in the other three and leaves out some things that weren't in the other three, but it's about like kind of who you are as a person. Yeah. John or whoever wrote John was focused on certain things. Yeah. 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 If there's a, if there's a fast food restaurant on fire, and you have four people standing outside and the, the interviewer comes up to the first guy and said, what happened here? Man, it was crazy. There was like a guy like throwing the Molotov cocktails in there and then you just kind of booked it and ran off as right. the cop showed up. And then you get like the almost the same thing from three people. And the last guy's like, all I know is I'm not gonna be able to eat here anymore. This is my yeah. favorite place to eat. It's like, wait, did you see what happened? I don't know, man. Yeah. Saw my food burning. Right. Like, so it's like, it, it really comes down to the perspective of the person who yeah. witnessed the, the events. And getting back to Strobel, that's yeah, how he, that's <laughs> how he approached it though. 
like you're dead right because he he took the stance of okay I'm gonna pretend like I am a prosecutor and I'm trying to figure out what the truth is here right and he was like well the eyewitness testimony actually seems really reliable so check out his book the case for Christ there's also I think a documentary too that he made so so but that is one way that um that we can be met by God where we are. Maybe some people are very analytical. Well, there's some of that that you can get into and you Absolutely. can look at the evidence for yourself. Yeah. So I think um, we'll, we'll talk about, maybe we'll just couple that with the CS Lewis one. Cause CS Lewis okay. is also kind of a analytical, yeah. but maybe we'll, since we have them in a certain order, maybe we'll come back to CS Lewis, but just okay. remember that CS Lewis and Lee Strobel share a few common threads. Yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about this guy now. Um, he is a former, uh, Muslim. His name is, uh, Nabil, uh, Qureshi. I hope I'm saying yeah. that right. And he recently passed away in 2017 from cancer. Now, if you are a person who was fairly active on YouTube or on the internet and is a Christian or maybe even just a, uh, theist or maybe even a Muslim, you may have heard of this guy. And so when he became, <clears throat> When he became sick, um, there was a huge kind of, I want to say not outcry, but uh, um, there was like a, uh, he, he became such a, a, a person people followed a lot. Yeah. And so he started writing books and all of this stuff and, be, and actually gained more fame through the internet. But um, his biggest like thing was that he was a former Muslim who actually ended up converting to Christianity before he passed away. Now, um, I want to look at some of his stuff. Uh, he has a few books. Um, he has a book called seeking Allah, finding Jesus. Hmm. And then interesting. And then after that, he has a book called no God, but one Allah or Jesus with a question mark. Huh. And so here's, here's the interesting thing about him. He was in a state where he was going to college and he was a very analytical guy. Um, and uh, let me see if I can't find this uh, friend of his. His name was his last name was Wood. That much I know. OK, yes, this is it. The Gospel Coalition website has his kind of like story laid out okay. a little bit. Yeah, we'll link that. So um, his whole thing is that he was all about Islam for a long time and he was born in California. And so he ended up going to a uh, school at old dominion university in Norfolk, Virginia, weirdly enough, but he was born in California. I wonder, uh, I think again, that was a God mm -hmm. thing, but um, David Wood was the name of this guy. And he was like, a, uh, I, I assume he was trying to go into seminary. Maybe he was just a very uh, devout Christian who was trying to be an apologetics. Yeah. Uh, apologist, I guess you call that. Um, but him and the Nabil guy started forming this friendship. And yeah. this really comes down to what I would call this discipleship thing. If, if, if David Wood was the kind of guy who would say, I need to invest time with this person um, and really help them to struggle with Christianity and, and kind of come to that. Um, so they became buddies. And over the years of, I guess, arguing and debating uh, for, for Islam versus Christianity. Yeah. Nabil began to understand a lot of things more about the Bible and about Christ than he would have thought he would have agreed with. Um, and so this idea of like <laughs> him being, him being analytical as well yeah. was a thing like he was, and and that's a thing about today too, which we've talked about in previous episodes about this intellectualism, trying to find the new truth, the new right thing to, right, to be thinking right. about. But I really want to uh, to hone in on this idea of this David Wood guy because I feel like without this David Wood guy in his uh -huh. life, he would not have sought so heavily the scripture the way he did. Yeah, because maybe nabil's whole thing was oh i need to prove this guy wrong like i have some new thing i'm gonna you know and then david wood would come back and him being an apologist i guess that's that's what apologists do right they try and like debunk uh outside arguments yeah, for yeah. against christianity um so so uh intellectually it says that nabil had held to islam for several uh reasons uh but 
the central claim was that Islam was true because Muhammad was a true prophet of God. But after studying primary sources, uh, biographs, Nabil eventually concluded that he could not reasonably hold to the idea about Muhammad as much as to Jesus. Yeah. And then he realized that, uh, you know, the New Testament was like very like solid. Uh, and so here's a little statement that he he wrote. And I want to read a little bit of it because I thought it was good. He actually has a bunch of videos. Just check out this co- uh, the Gospel Coalition article about him. He's uh, but he. uh he says that, okay, I began mourning the impact of the decision I knew I had to make. On the first day of my second year of medical school, it became too much to bear. Yearning for comfort, I decided to skip school. Returning to my apartment, I placed the Quran and the Bible in front of me. So this mm. is like a huge deal for yeah. him. I turned to the Quran, but there was no comfort there. For the first time, the book seemed utterly irrelevant to my suffering, irrelevant to my life. I felt it felt like a dead book with nowhere left mm-hmm. to go. I opened the New Testament and started reading very quickly. I came to the passages that said, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Electric, the words left off the page and jump started my heart. I could not put the Bible down. I began reading yeah. fervently reaching Matthew ten thirty seven, which taught me that I must love God more than my mother and father, which I know this doesn't say this, but I know it's that's a huge deal. In, in Muslim culture. In Islam. Yeah. yeah. Mother and father is like a big, like yeah. you, you really have to have the kind of respect. Right. Uh, and, but he says, but Jesus, I said, accepting you would be like dying. I will have to give up everything. Guess what? Yeah. <laughs> you do have to the, die. That's the thing, huh? <laughs> the next verses right. spoke to me. He said, he who does not take up a cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has been, who he who has found his life will lose it. And he who has lost his life for my sake will find right. it. Man, that's crazy. We were just talking about that. Yeah. And so there's a lot more to this, but he basically kneels at the foot of his bed and just gives his life to Christ. Yeah. And what's interesting is that drive of his friend. Like that's just a, that's a, an example of something that is just so crucial. I feel like in, in terms of uh, where we need to be, the kind of reliable Christians we need to be in the world to engage with people at this stage in their life. So, yeah. So he, um, he was in need of faith and he was in need of like a healing kind of faith, you know, and he was yeah. broken and at a low point and in comes scripture, um, the inspiration of the Holy spirit to kind of turn him there and then community as well. So I think that that, um, I think that that's a very good Boom. example of things that can pull us towards God. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm so sorry guys. Me and Zach had an early din-din, and we're just hanging out now, so just being real. All right, Zach, who's next? C.S. Lewis, which many of our listeners probably know a lot more about C.S. Lewis. In case you don't know, Zach, who's C.S. Lewis? C.S. Lewis wrote uh, the Narnia books. Okay. And he also wrote a ton of other just, like, theology books. He was a radio show host. He was a professor. He was just an all-around, like, smart theologian. Wait, though, a radio show host? Only pictures I see of him are like black and white. Radio wasn't back then. Yeah. Um, it might surprise some people to know <laughs> that you could record audio <laughs> at some point. He was Podca- basically like he was a, a podcast. He was a podcaster of his time. Yeah. Um, his book, <laughs> Mere Christianity, is really just adapted from most of his um, what the kids today would call podcasts. Yeah. Um, but they were his like little <laughs> radio shows that he did. Um, I think of C.S. Lewis as a guy who really fell in love with the story in scripture. Yeah. Um, And because he was obsessed with like Norse mythology and like Mm. Irish Celtic mythology and stuff as a kid. Yeah. And he was friends with guys like Tolkien and stuff who wrote Lord of the Rings. um, And they would do, they'd like go around and like make up fantasy things together. They'd sit in the pub and they'd just talk about God and life. Um, and so he really flourished in that kind of Christian community. And I think it sort of turned him, he's got kind of a conversion story that happened at some point in his life as he was reading, um, the books of GK Chesterton, other books too, but he, GK Chesterton was a big part of that Big part. GK Chesterton was a theologian who had like a huge influence on Lewis. And so I think like, I guess I could say that like his was like a combination of 
not just like his analytical intellectual mind, yeah. but like his creative mind. Yeah. And I see God really speaking to his creativity. Yeah. And, and then at the same time, him growing in Christ through having like those talks and, um, hangouts with Tolkien and guys like that. Like, I just imagine like the, those, I can't remember the other two guys, but there's like four dudes and they just like hang out at the pub and like talk about Jesus and elves. Um. Well, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Tolkien. <laughs> I think he says that some of Tolkien's writings inspired him towards Christianity as well. But yeah, and there's some there's some allegorical things in Tolkien as well. Um. So, the, so one of the things I looked up again on the CBN uh, website. Yeah. Is that all of his hangups like that kept him from Christianity? All these like atheist arguments. Yeah. Some of them were like things like. Your rudimentary arguments. Now, I'm not saying rudimentary as if like we're like way past this. This stuff is important, but it's just stuff you might have heard a lot. Yeah. And his first one is like, you know, the whole problem of evil. Yeah. He had a big problem with suffering. In mere Christianity and stuff. There's like chapters on it. And then he has another one about how like uh, he kind of like comes to the conclusion that like those kinds of the bad things happening have purpose like God, there's a purpose for them. And so, but then the second big argument he had was like, uh, what's the, what's the other one he talks about? Um, mythologies and other religions, such as pagan stories of a dying God. He, he says as a young atheist, he believed only an unsophisticated mistake that Christian myth for like, so he didn't think like Christian history was actually history he thought it was just like myth yeah which is sad because a lot of atheists are coming back to that now like yeah, jesus yeah. was not real and i'm just like bro <laughs> you get real okay there's <laughs> can, a you can there's say a that, hilarious um there's a video by lutheran satire yeah on youtube and it's like um the god horus comes down to try and like prove that Jesus wasn't real. He was just the God Horus in another form. Yeah. And Horus has like this German accent. He's like, I am to God Horus. Yep. <laughs> and then he turns into like the Roman God Mithras and like all these other gods. Oh, so crazy. <laughs> but it does say, I found the part that you were talking about where it talks about his friends that would just work through stuff with him about Christianity. Mm-hmm. But it's, it says he wasn't one overnight, but Christian friends such as yeah. Tolkien Hugo Dyson, Owen Barfield, That's it, those guys and others faithfully mm-hmm. and patiently. See again, faithfully and patiently. That's the community thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that investment that we're, I want to talk, we're going to do another episode. I've, been, I've talked to Zach about it after this one. We're going to talk about like what it really means to outreach, but yeah, this is a great example of that. Just like, uh, with, uh, the David Wood guy talking to the Nabil guy, um, Koreshi, I'm I'm just going to make that a hard K. I'm pretty sure that's how it is. But, um, you know, just this idea of like faithfully and patiently walking him through that process. And it says that his his friendship is invaluable in communicating the gospel. And it says he found his friendships with Christians before coming to Christ deeply satisfying as they shared interests. And when you think about like how the theme of like friendship and fellowship is in like both. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis stories, you know, I mean, it's just, it, I don't know. It's, it's very sweet. It's, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's funny because, um, the inherent goodness uh-huh. of some of these like fantasy stories, like you and I have talked about D and D. Yeah. And for all, everybody's listening. who's like, D and D it's the devil. Mm-hmm. I promise you it is only just like, you know, uh, just uh, playing a game where you are in a fantasy world. That's essentially yeah. what it is. So if, if D and D is evil, then Lord of the Rings is evil. Okay. Yeah. Let's just be, if then then Chronicles of Narnia is right. But, exactly. So, so the, the thing about storytelling is that there is a definite distinction between the good and evil presence. Yeah. And mm-hmm. nowadays with like horror movies and stuff, sometimes that line can get blurred and everybody's like morally ambiguous, but with the yeah. fantasy world in general, yeah, there has to be an overlaying like good quality Usually character. If something is like an epic kind of story yeah. with like superheroes, right? Or, um, yeah, there's usually in at the end of the day, there's good and evil. <laughs> there is there. Th- yeah. I mean, even in something like Beowulf, which is kind of like sort of on the teetering Taking line. It back. Beowulf isn't necessarily like a benevolent like 
like faithful dude or anything, but there is a clear sense of evil yeah, right. in the story. Yeah. And so the, I think that was, like you said, it was part of what C.S. Lewis kind of saw was yeah. this like distinction. And this, like you said, his imagination of seeing kind yeah. of that played out in stories and the fact that he, and it says, and you know, kind of the account there that the fact that he had interests so close with a lot of Christians and yeah. he was an atheist was yeah. like, huh, how can I be like good buddies with this guy? And I'm an atheist right. and Christians. And that was really the stepping stone, yeah. a, a big stepping stone. And then yeah. of course, all the intellectual hangups were met by people like GK Chesterton who led him through intellectually through right. books and stuff. Yeah. And so I think, I think both representing yeah. investing time and, and what's the other one and, and exegesis, like kind of getting your, yeah. like helping clear investigating up, scripture and asking questions about it, helping clear up some of those doubts and letting your imagination kind of think through it. You know, imagine yeah. what this verse really means. Like, you yeah. know, like God made your imagination. <laughs> yeah. That, right. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, that's true. <laughs> if he wants us to be formed in the image of God, like he wants us to conform to his image. Like mm-hmm. imagine like your imagine, imagine if your imagination <laughs> is formed to the image of God, like how, I can only Crazy. imagine. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to. Uh, you, it was such a that was that was such a good thing. I wasn't trying to make light of it, but yeah. Um, but no, you're the. I think that he gives us that imagining uh, imagining heart because mm-hmm. I think in some. I mean, this might be this might sound blasphemous, but I think it takes a little bit of imagination. It takes a child's heart of imagination, yeah, to really step forward in faith in some right. regard, yeah. because. If you had no imagination, what are you going to believe in that you can't see? You know, right. and and, yeah. and so I I really I think that's a big part of it. And yeah. um, so yeah, what I think is cool is that that picture of being like wrestling. Yeah, and then you have guys there that not only have the same interests as you, but they're also like fairly intellectual. Yeah, and they're like, I know you're struggling. I'm struggling too. Like it's yeah. not cut and dry. And the other thing too that's very interesting, I think, is that um this isn't all atheists. There are a lot of atheists out there that have all everything figured out and they just, they just do not like the results of the scripture. But I think for a portion of them, not to sound like I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush, but it almost seems as though an atheist is a person that arrives on the scene and immediately decides what happened before getting any of the detailed Mm. stories about it. Mm. And so for example, if if I texted you and I said, did you hear that Jessica slapped Kara the other night, your wife? And you were like, what? Really? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Uh, and uh, Kara and her aren't friends anymore. And then you went and asked Kara. And then Kara was like, what? That's not <laughs> what happened. Yeah. Jessica lightly like brushed my hair and it was funny. And it's <laughs> like, okay, well, I guess Colin over here just assumed what happened and just like went off and never got any details about huh. it at all. And so for me, it feels like that with a lot of atheists, they go, Oh, well I've heard one or two arguments and I heard one person tell me about the scripture. So I'm fine. It, it's, it's clearly bull crap to me. And what I think is sad is that they don't want to take the time to really yeah. d- dive deep and really see what the I truth think, of the scripture is. I think a is. lot of them have though. I mean, you they so? they come to different conclusions, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that a lot of times atheists know the Bible better than some of us do. Um, well, it's like C.S. Lewis talks about like the but problem they see, of evil, but they see things, they see it differently. Okay. Yeah. 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 They might not see some of the, um, the reasons for why things are the way they are in scripture and that. You mean what they're inferring? Yeah, they might okay. be they might be taking away away the wrong thing from it. Um, yeah, that out of context picking and choosing is always a tough. Too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can know a lot about the Bible actually, and still mm-hmm. kind of be wrong about how you're um, applying it or exegeting it, as the seminary folks. Is that say. a word? Exegeting? Yeah. Wow. I mean, exegesis would be the act. Like the noun, so exegeting. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still learning the uh, the past tense of that word. So am I, buddy. <laughs> okay, so we got one more. Okay, and he's like the best one in my opinion. Well, I won't say it like he's that, probably our favorite. He's our favorite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so 
He's got a CBN article as well. <laughs> Everybody's got a CBN article. Apparently. You probably have one. No, I don't. I, that'd be cool <laughs> if I did, though. Yeah. All right. So who is who is Brian Welch, Zach? Brian Welch or Brian Head Welch. Uh, <laughs> he was a musician from the band Corn. Spell with a K and a backwards Spell R. With a K. Yeah, backwards R. Very important. Um, both of us were fans of this band long ago. I still, I still, still am. am in some I would regards. say, yeah. Um, I, I, I do, I do truly think that the lyrics convey this idea of like dealing with a lot of pain and not knowing how to process that, which I think is something a lot of Christians yeah. can sort of like yeah. tackle. I think they go, they go out into the realm of like bad stuff a lot, but there is also a lot of music that has some good messages in it. But anyway, go ahead. It was a huge deal for me in high school. Me too. Them and others. The similar. issues album was good for me. The one yeah. before it, I think it's life is peachy. That was really good. And then yeah. Jessica grew up with the one after that, that a lot of people say isn't as good, but I like it. Yeah. Um, the evo- evolution. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think, uh, I think most of our music's good, but you know, if you're into that kind of thing, of course. Right. Um, Brian Welsh though, I, and he has a I am second video that I think I'll probably link. Yeah, that would be um, cool for people to check out. You should really look at it because I didn't even know what I am second was. Apparently, it's a pretty yeah. famous like docu series. Yeah, um, but he just tells the story about how he was addicted and how he had just become a father and he was broken. Like he's absolutely smashed over like being lost in his addiction and um, just playing this music. And he said it really made him feel like he was dead inside. And we're not really talking about like pot addiction. We're talking about like the the worst kind of drugs. drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Meth, meth and just everything bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so he just prayed because he needed Jesus to take it away from him, you know? And also like it took multiple attempts at him to get sober um, yeah, he, he kept trying prayer, and trying. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, yeah. it's funny because you, you mentioned that he had these multiple attempts, but it wasn't until he gave up all of that to God that it, that it took, yeah. that it stuck with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so there's, there's a lot to unpack with his like yeah. story, but, uh, I'll just like, like I'll fill in just a little bit of what you didn't fill in, which is not that much, but, uh, like, a. I'll just say that like another aspect of that is that like Zach was saying, you have this band where he's making like, I want to say like millions a month. Yeah. I mean, at the, at the high point of his career and they had access to pretty much anything you would want in the world, like so many things. But the one thing that was interesting about his story was that his daughter's mother died of drug overdose. Yeah. Then it became his responsibility to take care of his daughter yeah. But he was so consumed in his lifestyle that he ended up being a lot like the mom. Yeah. Close to dying of the same thing. But at the time, he kept thinking the mom was so dumb for doing that. Yeah. Like for, kill- for losing herself to the drugs. Yeah. And it's funny because when you're on the outside looking in, you're thinking like, oh, I'll never get that bad. I My, my family has a history of, of some drug stuff I won't go into, but I can tell you right now that no earthly or human made thing can stop like a true addict. I don't think in my Mm. opinion, I think that it is a, some people say it is a spirit of addiction. Yeah. I would, I would say that in the case of certain addictions, it's like, it it, it is some, it is some form of spiritual prison. It's very formidable. Yeah. Prison. I would say that those like, cause you can't change your mindset by yourself. Yeah. So I just, I think that's like, I think that was like a big part of his like story is that yeah that whole thing and again and the, um how he uh was how he was turned towards Jesus like he had like a real estate broker or something like he had that? a real estate job after he kind of like took a little bit of a step back yeah because I think I can't remember if he said he he stepped down from the band before he started working in real estate yeah. or if he was working in real estate on the side while he was taking a break or something. But the two real estate agent co-workers that worked with him were both yeah. Christian. Yeah. 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 So one of them just uh, like decided um, based on being prompted by the Holy Spirit 
I'm going to share with you this scripture about come to me. Um, all all who you are weary and I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest in Matthew. And he was like that scripture just like came to life for him. I'm weary. (laughs) Yeah, I'm weary. I'm broken down. Yeah. So it was think about all the things involved in this. There was there was scripture. There was the Holy Spirit acting, kind of turning him on to the scripture so he could listen to it. Uh, There was the friend who was willing to step in and share it with him. Um, It was a team effort. (laughs) What's crazy, too, is that at the time when he finally gave it all up, he was doing drugs like the the day that. The day that he gave up drugs, he was doing drugs. Mm-hmm. Like, think about how hard that would be. <laughs> like, you are yeah. deep, you are, like, actively in your addiction, and then you can just, like, throw it all away. Right. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's the power of God. Like, how can you see that any other way? That's how I feel. Yeah. And so, he's he's super, oh, what's the, what's the second half of that tale, though? That's the bigger one, too. Well, then, he's like, I'm going to take a break from corn. And I don't even know if he was at this point yet. When he uh, did the I am second video. But since then, he has rejoined the band. Yep. And he says that he feels like he was prepared for by God, by God, for ministry to people through continuing to play with the secular band. And he caught some criticism for that. But right. at the same time, another bandmate has now uh, converted to Christianity. And now they both they both spread the gospel. They go out before shows and before shows in what fans are not going to listen to <laughs> head and fieldy. Like I know? can imagine the, like the scene is like uh head and fieldy walk up yeah, and they're like, Oh crap, this is my favorite band. And they're like, what's up guys. And they're like, Oh man, this is my dream. And they're like, can we talk to you about Jesus? And they're like, okay, I guess yeah. <laughs> like just because you're so cool. It's that- probably a bunch of drunk people and they're <laughs> probably really open. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'll hear whatever, man. You're awesome. Yeah. You're, you're head and feel you can talk to me about whatever you want. <laughs> and, you know? and that's what, and, that, and I think that's really cool too. Cause um, one of the other things he said as well was that, well, one of the big moments for his, his conversion to being a follower of Christ, follower of Jesus was he actually went and baptized himself he got baptized in the, not himself, but somebody that was okay. there baptized him in the Jordan yeah. river, which wow. was super cool. Yeah. That's and amazing. There's a great video of that. And, uh, um, it's just one of those things, like you said, it was like, he was preparing his spirit. Uh, yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So w- w- why, why are these people stepping in and why are the people stepping out? Zach, please answer for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole lot of reasons uh, that people might want to step away. Right. Like there's a lot of like worldly influence, like telling you, like, don't be a part of this Christian thing. Um, And it seems like in the opposite vein, the world is not really rewarding people for stepping in and coming to Christ. Right. Yeah. We talked about how you're getting rewarded if you stop being a Christian now for some reason. You kind of are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. People, I mean, Christians loved head for stepping into the faith. Right. But right. But the majority of his, his fans were livid. I'm sure some were cool with it, but some were probably confused or like, what's the deal. Part of it I'm sure was that he actually physically stepped away from the church, uh, from the band. And I think for a while too, there was some weird things going on with the band where like Jonathan Davis and them, they were kind of like, they themselves felt like betrayed. And so it became this like kind of argument thing where he's like, I need to step away from me and you guys are part of this life and I don't want to be a part of that. And they were like, what are you trying to say? Are we like bad too or something? I think it was like, and it's natural that you would feel that way. Right. I think so. I think that a lot of, and I think that might be another thing about just Christians versus atheism in general is this like idea that somehow if, if we live this lifestyle we're we're critiquing and I'd say that like Christians aren't actively they shouldn't actively be like critiquing every other person's not a Christian, but they should be encouraging them and allowing God to do his work. Yeah. Uh, But, but yeah, so, so you have here this thing about, um, the five spiritual worlds. Okay. So yeah, for that, I'm not going to really go into it, but I just wanted to reference, um, an episode of surviving seminary. We'll give them another shout out. Okay. Even though we had them on a couple episodes back, Mm -hmm. um, they did this episode with an author named David Durst, who wrote a book called finding God in your world. 
And he talks okay. about these five different spiritual worlds, and I've actually forgotten what they all are. Um, but you yeah. should go listen to that episode of Surviving Seminary. But the basic point is that um, not everybody comes to Jesus through the simple fact of I'm needing um, I'm needing to get away from my guilt. Yeah. And we tend to use guilt a lot, like guilt over sin as kind of the yeah. main way to like reach out to people. Now, like having the guilt of your sin taken away is important. It's a huge step. Of I converting. think, I think there's people out there that do have that issue. I just don't know if that's like the main, it's not always the main draw, which yeah. sounds weird to say, but if you think about it, some people are like really lonely, let's say. So maybe, sure. maybe your thing is that like, you just have never had, you've never found yourself in community or found some of that enough to like call yeah. you up and ask to hang yeah, out. Maybe, yeah. maybe you feel like you've just never been loved. That's another thing that's broken. That well, probably was part of my thing when I was broken up with Jesse that you would like text me and say, come to hang out with me. <laughs> I was like, oh, somebody yeah. wants to chill and do stuff. Well, guess me. what? The gospel covers that, too. It's not just, right. OK, get out of hell free card. Mm-hmm. Like it's supposed to God wants your whole self. Right. To be transformed for him. So that's what making a disciple is all about. So in these other five spiritual worlds, um, there's just different ways that God meets us and everybody's different on like what they, what holes in their life that God needs to come in and, and fill for them. Right. I really do yeah. feel like when we're, dis- when we're being disciple, when we're discipling, I don't think that's a word, but when we're doing discipleship for others, what we, what we need to remember is that not it's, it's not a one size fits all yeah. situation. Yeah. We, we really need to meet people where they are. It's a person thing. It's not yeah. like a do these five steps and it's going to work. It's not the telemarketer, like say the <laughs> words, make, uh, make the sale kind of thing. No, no, it's definitely not that. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Zach, what can we learn about yeah, the stories? I was, I was thinking about that. Um, I've really learned a lot, I think, just from looking at these four guys and there's plenty of others. Out oh, there. there's so many. I'm sure yeah. that there's probably a lot of people listening that are like, oh, I wish you would have talked about this or that. Oh, kind. yeah. It, maybe that's a good question for this week on social media. Like who's a person that that you felt uh, inspired to, by their testimony or something? Yeah. What's yeah. a person whose testimony you were really? Inspired yeah. By? Yeah. So let us know on Facebook if uh, if we missed a good testimony and we just didn't think about it. Um, but so from Strobel, I kind of learned that the truth of the gospel has actually lots of evidence. Yeah. And so it's not about just a blind faith all the time. Uh, we can be accused of that, but we I, actually have plenty of reason. It's very reasonable to believe what we believe. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. not just a thing where we're stupid. <laughs> and, and I talk a lot about scripture as being like the key. Yeah. And and that's like my main thing is like just read the Bible and you'll know what like is expected of, of like and your life will be improved, I feel like. Yeah. But at the same time it's it is it is really making a commitment to God in a relationship stance. Yeah. But I do believe that if a person is an intellectual and just is like, Oh, I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna figure out everything and find out how how, uh, how much bull this Bible yeah. is, guess what? If you really dig deep, you'll find that Some of that stuff will challenge you. I mean, it will dig a little deeper. Yeah. And then from the CS Lewis, I really like how community was super involved in uh, just his whole process. And it reminded me of when we talked about Galatians two. did we talk about that with Jake? I don't remember. Paul went away, listened to the spirit, perhaps then, then studied. Oh, so like, yeah, we talked about Jake because I made the point of saying that like a lot of people would argue that Paul was never taught and then it was just taught by the Holy spirit. But others don't. But Paul had Paul had to go away and we were not really sure what he did. But when he came back, it was all about the community had to confirm whether he was like truly a Christian or not. Sure. And it just I think didn't it say something like it just seemed good to them and good to the Holy Spirit. And so they just went. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, this is this all checks out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think from the 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 Nabil uh, Qureshi guy, uh, I think that one of the important things was for for him to really like. One one thing I think was bra- was brave of him was to was to actually take the steps that he took because yeah. I feel like in the Islamic faith you really 
it's dangerous to oh yeah suggest something else is tr- more true. Yeah, actually, I looked this up one time, but so like, um, they really have an issue with us saying that Jesus is the Son of God and equal to God in yeah. in glory, and you know, they they don't get the Trinity at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not. That's the Quran is very against that. And there's actually um, the mosque that's like on the top of uh, Jerusalem, like where the temple used to be. Yeah. Um, that mosque has like um, Quran scriptures on the on all on every wall. Yeah. And on one of them is like this quote from one of the Suresh's of the Quran that says, like, it is unfitting that God will ever have a son. Yikes. Like it's a direct, like combative, like <laughs> Jesus. So for him to, yeah. So for, yeah. for this guy to, yeah. to, to say like, okay, I am going to step out into dangerous water and actually like, look at this. And then for that guy, and you know what? I, I have to say this. It, it It's not a pretty picture, but I really do think that his intellectual, like I need to be right point of view led him to God. <laughs> it's not, not typical, but <laughs> I think that part of it was that like, God was like, all right, you want to like prove me wrong? Well, I might prove you yeah. wrong in the process. Yeah. And so I think it was interesting that he both had that one guy to bounce, yeah. bounce off of, but he also had this drive to seek the truth. Yeah. And the more he sought the truth, the more he found the truth. Yeah. And so that was really cool. And of course, what can we learn from Brian Welch is that he is just a, I hate to say that he is the perfect picture of coming to Christ, but like <laughs> tattoos I tattoos re- and all, <laughs> I, I really do feel like the, uh, when you're at your lowest point, that's when God is, uh, yeah. is, is the most prevalent in your life. His, his is really marked by the Holy spirit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and so like, I think that it's the power of God in his life that he could overcome all those barriers. Oh yeah. And so God's really got something special in store for him. I I really hope that he sticks with the path that he's on. Watch that. I am second uh, thing with him. I love what he says at the end about how his life's like he, he never needed anything once he had Christ because Christ is what he like needed. It really conformed his desires and his heart. Gosh, that's so good. So good to hear that. Cause there's so many people that go throughout their life, not knowing how like, like sad they are. (laughs) Like they don't realize (laughs) that they're like depressed. Well, and it's like people who have like certain, um, wants and needs for things. And it's outside of Christ. And it's just so sad because it's like, you're just trying to get like, you know, for him, it was drugs. And like, so he's like, wh- he's trying to fill need? that hole with drugs. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a need that you don't need. Yeah. That you think you need. <laughs> yeah. And so it's crazy. <laughs> right. And it, it makes me so sad for people that are stuck in things like that. And oh yeah. Sad. Yeah. And also an urge to like bang my head against the wall. <laughs> no, I got you. Yeah. Okay. Well, like I said, we, 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 well, like Zach said, we did the sad one first. <laughs> this one's a much more uplifting Yay. experience of, of talking <laughs> about people who've come to the Lord and some really great stories. And I'm sure that there's just billions out there. <laughs> like So good. Yeah. And right. God can, can do all that, you know, think about what he does for us. So good. Yeah. All right. Well, that about does it for this episode. Um, we just want to thank everybody for listening. Yeah, man. And we want to say that you should check us out. Yep. Uh, it's funny. The most the most downloaded episode is our first episode. So I think this is what happens. People hear the newest one, hear about us, and they go, oh, I'll check out the first one. I'll <laughs> let you know. The first one was rough, but it was still good. <laughs> so stick with us. Yeah. <laughs> so, But as you go, it'll get better and better. So keep listening. Yeah. Um, and you Make don't have a, to listen in order. We've got, by the time this one comes out, we'll have like 37. So yeah, or thir- yeah. I stopped putting numbers on them, but you'll still see numbers if you listen in the Apple podcast. So it just kind of yeah. automatically does it. When I save um, them, I save them as HPP and then a number. And then Zach right. makes a cool like name for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, for real, it is not a thing you have to listen to in order. Go check no, out episodes that not. sound appealing to you. And definitely like us on social media. There you go. And let us know how you're doing. And we'll talk to you next time. 